There we go. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be with you. Yes. Thank you for joining me. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. And I'm going to unmute everyone in just a moment. I'm going to jump right in with a prayer here. It's uh, my morning. It's 9 o'clock in the morning here in Australia. And I'm just so grateful that we get to join together for a holy purpose. So we take a breath, love, and gratitude. Opening our heart, opening our mind to the power and the presence of perfect love happening right now. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited love as our guide, as our teacher, as everything in our life. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited joy and happiness. We consciously connect and commune with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true identity and the true identity of all our brothers and sisters, our fellow travelers. We are grateful and thankful to open and allow ourselves to know the truth that sets us free. We are grateful. We are thankful to dedicate our conversation to our healing and our expansion. And so we know that it's done. We share, share, share the benefits knowing that it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> and so I'm going to uh, take us all interactive and you can prepare yourself for unmutation, and um, here we go. All right. So, who would like to say hello in the Northeast? It's Angela. Hi. Hey there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> And who else would like to say hello? Hey, Jennifer, this is Phil. Hey, Phil. <laughs> Good to hear your voice. Same here. Anyone else? Hi there, it's Lori. Hey, Lori. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Oh, hi. So that's all of us right now. Thank you for showing up. And we've got a few people listening on the webcast. Hello, hello. And uh, remember, this is your time to ask whatever questions you'd like. And uh, so I'm going to let you take it away. Who would like to start us off with a share or a question? I will share. Great. This is Angela. Yeah. Um, it's feeling more that I'd like to express um, my gratitude to this process. I think we're all mm. starting to, you know, we had these moments on our community call. People are posting how grateful they are for our own healing that's happening. 
I feel that um, after Sunday's ML2 call, I just really got that it's almost like how if if I were to be in a session my whole day, <laughs> so I'm just open um, as the client, you know, as a counselor, like the concept that, that we're learning is to be open, to clear away the chatter, to clear away the agendas, and that is starting to pour out into other areas, and I feel the freedom and the expansion, and um, I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I had something actually happen that um, with a call that actually helped me a lot realize the importance of being able to see the client, being able to see their face. Um, the two times I have agreed to do phone calls with a client during a session that they've been with someone totally new that I didn't know, when I hold space, even after I explain the session, if I'm just sitting there allowing them to speak and it goes silent for too long, they'll start saying, are you listening? Are you still there? Are you listening? Are you still there? And I realized that if that rapport was built, even just by doing one session where they could see me or we could see each other, um, then going to the phone might be an easier transition. I I don't know if there's any suggestions you could make, Jennifer. I just know, I mean, I don't necessarily need a suggestion, I guess, because for me, I realized I would like the initial consult with anyone new to be either FaceTime, in-person, um, Skype, or some kind of visual contact. And, uh, yeah, that's just what I wanted to share. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you did share that, Lori. And um, a couple things. One is that uh, I talked about this. Uh, I meant to talk about it in our class last weekend, but I didn't get a chance uh, because there was so much richness that came forward. And I'm not going to go into it in detail now, but we're going to start using and trying out a technology called Zoom, and um, it's video conferencing. And uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I have a colleague who uses it with classes and, and groups. And certainly to, to be able to do some kind of Skype session or FaceTime session or Zoom uh, might be the way to go. Uh, I It depends. It depends on the person and the client 
because some people with their energetic sensibilities sitting at the computer for a session would be less than ideal. Um, so I encourage you to try out those things. And also one of the things I've learned uh, teaching classes and doing sessions on the phone is that I do make sounds so that they know I'm hearing them and they felt heard. So it's like just like when uh, someone is facilitating a community call and someone shares, and uh, that's why I ask the facilitators, if no one in the group quickly says something, to say something pretty quickly because otherwise people feel insecure. So when there's a silence, you can tell that the, the client or the student has completed their thought uh, or even just pausing uh, to be able to say something. So it could be if, if you feel they've completed, you could say anything like if you're facilitating, you could say, wow, who's got a response to that or anything, any kind of an invitation. Uh, you don't necessarily have to comment, say, you could, though you could say, I really appreciate that share. Who else would like to uh, comment? Uh, but if it's your client, just saying things like, yes, or I completely understand, or aha, or any kind of a thing that you would say to a friend. Does that feel unnatural to you, Lori? Well, I'm I can kind of. It's just because the my listening style is just to be completely silent until somebody finishes because I really am listening. Um and maybe it's just people aren't used to that style when when I do that. I do have friends that have known me for years that still, when we're talking on the phone, they'll say, are you still there? And I'll say, oh, I was just, I was just um, listening to what you were saying about, and I'll repeat something, I'll repeat what they were saying back so they know. Um, sometimes for me, when somebody is continually going, uh-huh, 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 it feels like I'm it, it brings up something for me, so I'm glad we're talking about this because I feel like I'm being paced, like, okay, keep going, bring it out, come on. So I want I would love to learn a way that feels natural with doing that, where I'm not interrupting a flow if they're really getting into something. Hmm. So what do you think is happening that they're asking if you're listening or they, that they can be heard? Mm, I, could you repeat that? I guess I don't understand what. I, I thought you were saying that clients were saying to you, can you hear me? Are, are you uh, listening? Oh, yeah. Are you still there or can you hear me? Because... Um, because with technology, they can't see if the call was dropped. So um, maybe even just, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. I, I could, I, yeah, I could just start saying, 
as they're sharing, you know, just interjecting every now and then. Yes. Uh-huh. It just doesn't feel natural to me, so it's just something I have to learn to do. Yeah, I can totally understand that. Yep. I'll work on that. So, thank you. Yeah, anybody else have any thoughts or ideas around that? Yeah, it's, I, I find that I do the same thing that you're talking about, Lori. I allow big gaps of silence, but I don't find that people are saying to me, can you hear me? Are you listening? Maybe once in a while. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, I do, I do allow people space to share and I let them share along I mean space to contemplate and uh, let them share a long time so yeah maybe there's something energetic that's going on too there might be I mean not that you're doing something wrong but no I I do a brief a brief thought of are they expecting me to say something do they right are they comfortable with the silence and, you know, um, in both cases, there were people that, that shared later that they were uncomfortable with silence. So it was interesting because I'm comfortable with silence. And I was just like, well, this is interesting. How, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I'll try, I'll I'll start just when it feels natural, just to allow them to feel my presence, just even if it's just like, uh huh, yeah, you know, or, or exactly, or I understand. I find I do say that on the phone with a client. I understand. Yeah. Or I'll just say yes. Or mm-hmm. I do. I make those sounds. Yeah, and those feel like they can be natural for me. So I'll just start trying. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There, I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) You'll probably become more aware of that now. (laughs) I I will. (laughs) You were being a smarty pants. That's what you were doing. Phil, do you have anything you'd like to bring up? Uh, no, actually, I was thinking, like, you know, in coaching, we generally, at least my I, what I do is, like, more designing the relationship, and then we will talk mm-hmm. about, you know, 
and they uh, I will allow you to speak so there might be long silences but I'm still holding and what what how do you want me to be so I'm like co-creating with them yes you know so and that really helps so they will say to me oh I would like you to say something or some people will say yeah that that makes sense you I would I like that I say do you want me occasionally say something or could we have would you like to have uninterrupted me being silent you know that's wonderful yeah. Yeah, because, you know, why do that even with coaching? You know, I say, okay, um, right at the beginning, I'll say, okay, if you do not show up on time, how do you want me to address that? Or if I don't show up on time, how do you want to bring that up? Because I say, you know, this is a relationship or partnership. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um when you when you have a coaching client, you usually you the person has agreed to a number of sessions? Yes. Yes. And then they we also schedule it based on both the availability for both of us which works well and then we basically talk about it you know so one of us is late how do we want to address that what do you want me to say to you you know rather than them saying you you know you blame me for being late but i want it to be transparent so i also say you know when i'm late how would you what what would you want to say because i am going to acknowledge that i'm late um with a with spiritual counseling i find that because there's usually there's no agreement to a series of mm-hmm. sessions yeah, yeah. that i i don't do something like that because it would be time consuming in that first session mhm mhm so it's a little yeah. bit different yeah yeah and um uh but i could see that this could be something that would be written and sent to the client prior to the session yeah yeah <clears throat> some session guidelines which i don't really offer um but i think that could actually be really helpful to people So for me I could I could write uh up I see part of it is too I find that people just don't read their emails but uh I could write up something where and this is for me uh I could write up something where I would say so I I like to begin sessions on time and uh and and end mm-hmm. on time and uh to respect everybody's time involved and that um in the beginning of the session I like to begin uh as soon as possible with uh an opening prayer which leads us into 
a couple of minutes of silence where we connect and be clear with our intention. And then I pray us into the session and you'll state your intention of what you would like to receive in this session, not just from me, but from your higher self, from spirit. And then we'll the session and we'll pray at the end before we complete and uh, or something to that effect usually i it it takes 30 seconds to just say all that at the beginning which i would still reiterate i would still reiterate and i don't find that people are late for my sessions occasionally Now, I wanted to ask you, you know, a different question and wanted to see uh-huh. if you if you had an experience like this. You know, I was having the call with a new client, and so I had explained everything, and then I prayed us in, uh, and, you know, I basically said what was her intention and so she said you know um, just just allowing and I said is there anything specifically that you are thinking about allowing or what what it is and there was like you know just 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 allowing <laughs> um, I for a second, you know, I was like, where do I go from here? You know, and I immediately, this was like a new learning for me that I immediately went to praying. I said, Spirit, help me. Where to go? Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, she said, can you give me an example of, you know, what, how do your other clients come to the call? I said, when we talk about intention during the call, they said the intention and it could be something that they want to talk about and they want either to have the healing or clarity, whatever you call it. And she turned around and she said, you know, we are already healed and whole. We don't need to be healed. Mm-hmm. And this this was one of the calls that I thought was getting a little bit into mm-hmm. sort of debating and uh, but it was yeah. a powerful call in that i had this consciousness to resort to prayer mhm and i basically prayed and i the next question was like you know hey i i totally no, get what you're saying. Yes, we are. And yet, we also, at least I, I said, you know, do have some triggers which I like to heal. And I have several of them, you know. 
So, you know, so I just wanted to see if, or I might have, there are times I said, I want to have a call just to celebrate something. So is there mm-hmm. something for you? Mm-hmm. And um, I, it, it, so I wanted to check with you if you ever have things, well, the clients puts back thing on you and say, you know, what it is that, or how to go about it. Uh, that was very difficult for me, but only it made it easy because immediately I felt I cannot do this, and you know that awareness to say to pray about it, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah, I would have done what you did, and uh well, let's. Uh, I have some thoughts for you, but I also feel that it would bring benefit to ask mm-hmm. others in mm-hmm. the group if they're sure. having any experiences like that and what what they might offer sure. in that. Mm-hmm. Anybody having any kind of a similar experience or anybody have any ideas for Phil? I would, yeah, I would, I would say that um, although it's not that my clients don't have an intention per se. Um, however, I feel that what this is highlighting is what if they do ask us what to do? Like it's the same thing as in the middle mm-hmm. of the call. How would you handle it? What do you think? Um, have you ever had this happen? I mean, what would you do? I get that often. It's like they, they do know what they want healing around. They present the story and the experience they share. And then it's like, well, would you who would have done that? So I feel like it's that similar that similar circumstance where it comes that they want an answer from us. Yes. And I feel, Jennifer, you always in the classes, it's such a great modeling and it's so consistent that this is my feedback I have for myself when I question myself at all or when I sense room for growth and mastery. It's in, oh, I'm so excited. I kind of feel like I might know something helpful. Oh, man, you asked me. You know, but now it's not even, remember, it's like, don't give your family advice unless they ask you. And now it's even farther. It's like, don't even give advice even if they ask you. It's it's the you know and it's like darn it okay but um then that's when you have to make a YouTube video um and instead present the question <laughs> back to them in a way so I think this and is what's so the helpful so that? it's just that they're gonna claim they're gonna eventually have their victory they're gonna see uh. Day answers are within my mother's feedback form was that I loved it coming from my mom that she's like I discovered that I had the answers within and I was like this is amazing <laughs> um, so I think that's part of it that's part of it and um, to really embrace my role is to guide them back guide them back to their higher self to their own connection. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I feel my room for growth is. I feel it. 
Right. So one of the things, uh, I just did the spiritual counseling intensive in England, which was really lovely. And I, I can't tell you how different each one of these spiritual counseling intensive trainings is from the other. They're so different. We don't even cover all the same things. It's quite amazing and uh, really uh, just so exciting to 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 work with people who you know their minds are opening up so much and sharing it together it's seriously good stuff and um i said so many times in the beginning just like i did at the one in, in north carolina over and over and over again that the biggest thing for us in being able to do effective spiritual counseling is to get out of the idea, get away from the thought that we have to know everything ahead of time, that we have to be the expert of the authority. It's really about holding the quality of space for spirit to provide insights and ahas to everyone involved including the people that are being discussed. So that's the thing that we're really training ourselves to do. And to, it's, that's what we're training our whole lives to be able to do. So the, the biggest thing for most of us when we're beginning this work is to release this idea that we have to be the expert, the authority, and know all the answers, and to be able to <clears throat> recognize that the one we're sitting with has all the answers. They they have them all, but and we're hope we're holding that space for them to recognize it, to discover it, to exercise that muscle. Uh, uh, I'd like to ask, Lori, do you have anything to say to Phil about this? Well, I do know that I, I can't remember if it was a conversation I had with you, Angela, or if it was one I had with Christy, but one of the suggestions that we had, that that one of you had shared with me was that if you say, if you turn the question back to them and they still say, I don't know, like, if, what do you, what do you think? And I've been, like, I've heard you do that in class, Jennifer. You'll say, well, what do you think? And you'll, and the person will then start talking. But even if the answer was, well, I don't know, that's why I'm asking you, um, one of you said to me, how about, well, if you did know, what would you think? Like, mm -hmm. in, in other, mm -hmm. And I, liked, I liked that one as well. Um, my, my sense is when people ask me what I'm thinking, that's what I'm doing. I'm guiding them back to the realization that the answers aren't outside of them. They don't have to yeah. look outside of them. They have them right there. And that's mm -hmm. my desire for them to have that experience. And that's what I go into wholeheartedly with that energy. Like, I know you got it in you. It's there. 
and that, it's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying to them. I may say it other ways, but I feel like that's what we're doing, like you just said, with our spiritual counseling. We're, we're retraining not only them, but ourselves, not to look outside for the answers, but to go within. And we're modeling that, and we're leading, we're reminding people through what we're doing and the way we're being with them to do that continually. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a beautiful response. And I also would add to that that we're training people to to look within. And so to be able to say, um, if someone resists, for instance, if they say, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. They're they're annoyed that you're turning the question mm-hmm. back on them because that can definitely happen. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, you know, my counselors would turn the question back on me, and sometimes I would say, "Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you," and feel that frustration. And so, a, a loving response in that moment could be, I, "I understand your frustration, and allow me to just." Say, okay, yes, I get it. It feels elusive. You don't know. It feels confusing. You don't know. However, you and I both have that connection to infinite spirit, the knower who knows. And so we are both training our minds and our hearts to hear and feel feel and clearly recognize pure spirit guidance. So let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's let's just tune in here for a moment. We can close our eyes, put our hands on our hearts together, and say, I'm done with not knowing. I'm ready to know. I am willing to know. The time has come for me to know that I know, and I am willing to know. And then invite the client, So what is the question? Restate the question. Have them restate the question. And then see what comes. So you could have them say, restate the question, and then if you get any insight, you can share that. Or just let it say, restate the question and let's listen. You know, and give it a give it a good thirty seconds. Sometimes people will be like, "I'm not going to get anything. This is ridiculous," in their own mind because they're so resistant. So give them yeah. some space. You know, see if you can discern: Are they opening to it? Are they closing it down? Are they refusing? In your experience of silence, call the angels, call the violet flame, and say in your mind. The answer is being revealed now. The clarity is happening now. The truth is known now. Our minds are open. Our hearts are free. We're completely available for divine direct insight. So making those statements, really holding that field very strongly to give that client their very best opportunity for a breakthrough. Because they're willing to have that breakthrough. That's why they're there. 
Now, all of this is a bit different than what you're talking about, Phil. So I'm, I'm, I haven't lost the thought of that. I'm going to come back to that. But let's just comment on this. So it's taking what you're already thinking inside, like when you're, like if I'm going into prayer already and saying, I know, I know Jennifer has all the answers within her and I'm, and we're in a counseling session and I, instead of just saying that, you know, inside myself, I'm actually making you part of the process, but by saying, let's, let's just take a moment, let's, be here together, let's call on source, let's know that the answer is within you and within us, and let's see what happens. So it's it's like taking it from two-dimensional to a three-dimensional experience. Well said. Uh, that's so simple, and I just never thought of doing that. So <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for uh, adding that little piece. Yeah, thank thank everyone for their interest in really being of service and and living without limitation, because that's why this is coming through. Yeah, yeah I like the fact that uh, to. Or do it together rather than just me uh, praying for the guidance. So make them part of it. So they also then know that whatever comes is really being guided. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that because I know that I have gotten into the habit of like me praying uh, while they are, you know working and this is the person that I knew and I knew that she was resisting to and I said no I'm not going to go with what I know I will ask the guidance and even though it seemed like a, a difficult call at the beginning it, it was a big aha and she really said the call came exactly the time that she needed it most Right. Yes. So let me ask you, Phil, going back to your Mm -hmm. original sharing, if you had it to do differently, and what was it she said? She said that in the, uh, at the beginning of the session that, uh, why don't you just repeat it? She said, um, I said, what was the intention? She said, Mm -hmm. just allowing. So I said, what what is it that you really you want to allow, and what do you want to see? And she said, just allowing. She just stayed with that, just mm-hmm. allowing. So and then I said, what is allowing really is for you? What are the areas you feel you see that you are allowing? And but you know, knowing her, I. She was still staying with that, and it was getting a little bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew that she wanted some sort of a my self-disclosure for her to feel comfortable to go. At least that's what I got when I prayed. Right. So then, you know, 
I said, you know, yeah, I because the next thing was, you know, we are whole, complete, and there's nothing to be healed. And and, and I said, you know, yes, that's how we are. We are pure beings. I, I totally get what you're saying. But I also know for myself there are a lot of triggers that I like to bring to the light and to heal. So do yeah. you feel anything that way? Do you? Then she still didn't want to go. She said, give me an example of your trigger. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so every time she did that, I would take like a brief moment and say, Holy Spirit, help me here. What What do you want to, me to say? Or what What is the question you want me to ask? Yes. And that was a big thing for me, that session, because I recognized how much I was able to just access my spirit and really go to my spirit to do it rather than, I mean, I could have acted like a smarty pants and said stuff and asked other questions, which I would, <laughs> in coaching I would have done. But, you know, I, I didn't want to lose her and I didn't want to yeah. make her wrong. Yeah. So what I'm hearing in that, Phil, is that, uh, she, you knew that mm -hmm. she was challenging you. Uh, it, it, it's more like I think she didn't feel comfortable to disclose herself without right. me first disclosing. Yeah. Right. And do you think that in any way she was also needing to have the upper hand because she felt vulnerable. Yes. Like put and you on the defensive and to see where, what, yes. what, what, whether or not you would, how you would react to that. <clears throat> yeah, because, you know, that way she, one thing I, the spirit has basically said to me, you know, it is for the highest good you're okay to say something. So I just said, you know, I can give you, you want an example? A very simple example, like my daughter leaves stuff around and it triggers me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And then, of course, then she came with hers and then it was became much easier and became a lot more right. powerful session. And in the end, she asked me how this, session was similar or different to mm. other uh, counseling sessions. Mm -hmm. And I did say, to, I mean, I was very transparent. I said, I never had, so far, I never had, I had at least uh, like uh, about 30 sessions, I said, counseling, and I didn't have anyone who had said that they don't have they 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 came up with with a, a topic or something that they wanted to talk about, and mm -hmm. this was very different in that sense mhm mm you know and i I said you know it it's it's good because oh every or each one of us are different, yeah, yep. For sure. 
You know, another I think another great benefit of this experience is that to um, recognize that you could ask, we could ask the intention question instead of what is your intention. Because for some people, that question, intention is not a word they usually use. Mm-hmm. And in the way that we use it, and it can seem confusing to people. So another thing is to ask, um, what are the what's the benefit you'd like to take out of this session? Mm-hmm. What's the benefit you're hoping for? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of a question might have helped her as well. But I totally hear that she needed to know that you were not going to be your in your ego speaking to her ego. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you demonstrated that by going into prayer. Energetically, she could feel it. And the things that you said let her know that you, you didn't need to be uh, some fake authority who's perfect. Right, right, yeah. Or to say something defensive like, well, this isn't about me, this is about you. I mean, in coaching, I would have done that. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't do that in a spiritual counseling. You know? mm. Because in coaching, I would have said, uh, because the coaching, I would have said, you know, in this uh, coaching, the focus is more on you and it's about you. So let me not make it about me. That's how I would put it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, instead of that response, another response could also be, uh, something like um, if someone's asking about what you would do to to be able to to understand that they're they are trying to look for some kind of compassion, some relatedness. It's not mm-hmm. always that they're just trying to deflect. Uh, say a little so more about it. that, yeah. Well, so, sometimes someone could uh, ask a question uh, about you, let's say, or about me in a counseling session, and they're trying to deflect talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Or distract from that. Uh, or avoid yeah. being transparent. So yeah. to to meet that with um, some transparency, which is what you did, then that creates the intimacy. Because yeah. sometimes yeah. asking about you can be a way to uh, avoid intimacy. But at some clients, they're really looking to know that they're not bad. And so mm-hmm. if they could say, well, have you ever, 
if they say to me, have you ever done something like that? Have you ever felt that way? And then I can be transparent and say, oh, God, yes, of course. You know, but I don't mm-hmm. feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, okay, so I'm not a terrible person. I'm just working through something like Jennifer did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else have any anything else on this topic? I was going to say, I'm one of those clients. I like to know that sometimes I just need an example to put it mm-hmm. in. Like if someone's giving me an idea of how to do something, sometimes it, it makes it more simpler to me if, well, how would you do it so that I can see how it works rather than sometimes it's not clicking in my mind until I hear an example. And sometimes I do want to um, see that someone I'm working with is also doing the work themselves and they're not just being a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do person. You know, someone that, because it's important to me when I choose teachers to know that they're actually walking their path. Yes. Mhm. Totally get that. Exactly. Yeah. Very helpful. All this is very helpful. I'd like to bring up something which is uh, that confidentiality with clients that it also extends in my my practice. My confidentiality with my clients extends to if, let's say, well, for me, I could say, let's say I'm teaching a class or uh, in a class environment and I've got a client there. I, I, if I were going to say, I wouldn't say something like, um, oh, and I also have counseling sessions available, and there's uh, Lori, who has been a client of mine for some time. You could ask her about the benefits. I wouldn't wouldn't do something like that. And I I wouldn't say um, something like uh, uh, where other people could hear. I wouldn't say something like, um, oh, Lori, when we have our session later, could you – Meet me at the room down the hall. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, in a sense, out who my clients are. Now, if I have a client who, as I do have, I have some clients that they tell everybody, you know, she's my counselor. And, uh, you know, like they might in a workshop stand up and say, well, I just want to share that Jennifer's been my counselor for three years, and this is something we worked on for a long time. She really helped me with it, and here's what I learned. That's different. They're outing themselves. Um, But some people would be uh, really upset if other people in the room knew 
that they were a client. They don't want people to know that they need counseling or want counseling or anything like that. So it's just a matter of confidentiality to really not discuss it unless the client brings it up. That's fine. That's no big deal because it's not a big deal. But sometimes for some clients, it is. It's confidential information. You know, you could kind of think of it like if you had uh, a sexually transmitted disease and you know, went to a specialist and he told people that you were his client. You, you wouldn't like that. Maybe. Any thoughts or questions about that? And I would say keep that as your practice, even in the sense of, like, uh, let's say everybody in this group has been counseling each other, that even going forward, um, that, like, you might not do something like at the end of this call say, um, uh, oh, Angela, I'll tell you about that later when we do your session. It's confidential. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to add, I even noticed that, you know, if I rarely talk about any sessions with my husband, like to make conversation, mm -hmm. like the times I've ever, like, it's ever just come to me to say something. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the interesting thing is that he looks at me like, it's not that he looks with some kind of extreme faith, but the energy is like, are you supposed to be telling me that? <laughs> and he has no name, he has no anything, but it's like, he's kind of like, it's great, because the feedback is like, mm, okay. And then it just comes to me like, yeah, I don't need to tell him, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. even as we get, as we get ref reference, like referrals through your website at times, mm -hmm. you know, if we do, it's happened to me that I hear someone who's come to me share with you, and it's, I have no interest to, like, out or own any anything. It's just, it's almost a joy to see your client, like, someone who has ever been your client, like, it's just, it's almost like a prayer partner when they're speaking. You just have that care for them, but there's no need to speak yeah. about it. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I can tell you that there are times I have a, a couple of people in my life who are very close friends who are spiritual counselors, ministers, teachers. They're in that category. Uh, and we have established a confidentiality in our relationship that we can come to each other and share certain things about clients uh, to, to get assistance sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a client that's going through this and um, 
this is how I'm supporting them and looking for additional insight. Uh, and uh, that's perfectly reasonable and acceptable because we've established that there's this confidentiality. I don't tell them who the client is. I don't, I don't out the client that way, but I'm, I'm looking for assistance in a confidential environment. And that feels fine and good to me. Uh, I don't talk about my clients conversationally. Like, oh, I, you know, like if someone says, oh, I've been challenged with this client, I might say, uh, in the course of the conversation, ah, I've had a client like that too. I know exactly what you mean. Um, but I'm not just like gossiping about my clients. So in a sense, I could see how your husband is like uncomfortable because you're not necessarily going to him for assistance and you're not, yeah, you're just, it's, you know, it's so interesting and exciting for you to be doing this work. You're sharing with your husband on an intimate level your excitement, your enjoyment, your learning like you would about anything else. Yeah. And and that that um wanting to share like that, I think that the more we get um accustomed to it, uh the, the you know, because doing all this counseling, you have these incredibly intimate relationships with people. And you start to have m so many incredibly intimate relationships. And it's a flow of love, which is healing, and it's exciting, and it's inspiring, and it's invigorating. And it's totally understandable to want to share with friends and family. And so I think, but there's a difference, like I say, between um, consulting with someone uh, in a confidential environment that has been declared confidential without giving details, names, anything like that. And then there's gossiping. Yeah. <clears throat> and then sometimes... There are situations where, for instance, like let's say one of you, uh, somebody in uh, a Masterful Living class uh, came to you for counseling and there were challenges that came out of that and uh, you came to me to ask for assistance uh, and we're talking about that person for the purpose of helping them or even sometimes working through our own stuff. But it's with me, that's, that person is in class with me. I'm their teacher. I'm your teacher. So we're talking about it confidentially for the purpose of, A, supporting the other person, 
student to client, B, working through our own stuff. That's perfectly understandable and acceptable and oftentimes very necessary. So just just for clarity's sake for me, uh, are you saying, Jennifer, that it will be okay um, for me to say, oh, such a such a person in the class, I am counseling and I'm having whatever difficulty or whatever, and to say the name of the person would be perfectly fine? With me? Yes. 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 Yeah, that would be perfectly fine. Be, especially if I have any insight I could offer you about that particular person. Okay. Because okay. because it's it's I'm com you're coming to me as a counselor. Okay. I'm going to hold it confidential. You know that. Yeah. And um, um, whatever you share with me, I I have the ability not to let it influence my relationship with that person. For instance, I there's I've had an experience where there's someone in uh, Venerable's community that I had a challenge with. Mm -hmm. And I went to Venerable about it, not so that she could fix it for me, but so that she could mm -hmm. assist me with it, but also okay. so that she could know, but also in, <clears throat> she could know what my experience was with that person because that would, then she could also offer assistance to that person mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. do whatever she would do in her wisdom. Okay. Yeah, and to some degree, this, I can tell you, I had this experience one time where um, I saw in a spiritual community that um, the leader of the spiritual community was having a challenge with... Um, well, let's put it this way. Leaders of spiritual communities always have challenges, <laughs> and there's always stuff being healed in the field, and so because um, that's what spiritual community is about. And so uh, the leaders of spiritual communities frequently have challenges with um, the people in the community, and uh, there was uh, I was aware of. the leader realizing that one or two other people in the community were having a challenge for, with someone in the community that they never told the leader about. And then the I'll just assign names to make it easier to, to comprehend. So let's say the, the, that you've got um, uh, 
Nancy is being aggressively sexual with a couple of the men in the ministry. And uh, the leader has no awareness of this. He has no idea this is going on. And um, the the two men that are approached by Nancy sexually, they don't tell the leader. And then it's, it's discovered later that all kinds of things were going on and no one told the leader that um, Nancy was doing this stuff. And then Nancy has a huge freak out and meltdown and does all kinds of destructive things. Whereas the leader had any indication of what was going on with Nancy from anyone else, the leader could have given Nancy some love and support and helped to um, correct or clarify the situation. So sometimes things will happen that no one says anything about because they're um, being confidential or not wishing to burden the leader. And um, what they're really doing is they're also obstructing the leader's ability to offer assistance. And then things can boil over when if if something had been said earlier. So it's... um, it can seem tricky business not to be complaining, not to be judging or criticizing, but sometimes it can be really helpful to go to the leader and say, just like to alert you that this is going on and, you know, I'm holding it in the light, but you you may wish to add some light to it too. But the mentality is, because I have seen this actually um, with staff members, that someone on the staff is having an issue and somebody else on the staff doesn't tell me. and Or maybe they're just making a choice and someone on the staff will say, think, well, I, I don't think that's the right thing to do, but I'm not going to tell Jennifer because I don't want to tattletale on anybody. And then I find out about it six months later and I'm like, oh, why didn't you let me know? And the person says, well, I didn't want to tattletale on them. I'm like, but I could have helped that person, but if I had known. And the person says, well, I I didn't want to tell on them because I thought you'd be angry. I'm like, I'm not angry at all. I just want to be helpful. So people have different um, points of view, and their point of view colors things. And um, so sometimes the opportunity to be helpful someone is missed because someone is judging what's going on as being bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, to everyone, because uh, you're, you're all growing into leadership, and so this is this is a leadership conversation. You know, so for instance, let's say, uh, I, I'm just making stuff up. Someone says, you know, oh, um, this person keeps uh, saying they're going to uh, facilitate a community call, but they keep canceling and canceling. And they call me and ask me, can I substitute for them? So I just do it. And I'm happy to do it. You know, but no one tells me, I don't know that's going on. 
and I understand maybe they want to protect me from some kind of judgment of this person as being um, dysfunctional or not keeping their agreements. But in reality, there's an opportunity for some what I would call pastoral care. So that's when the pastor is caring for the congregation. So there's an opportunity for me to just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? I haven't heard from you in a while. Wanted to let you know I was thinking of you. And then that might open the door for some healing. So just speaking about this as a larger uh, opportunity to hold a space for the whole community and the kinds of things that happen in spiritual community. So there are times when talking about things is really helpful. And for whatever reason, this is flashing in my mind. Um, my uh, dear prayer partner, Leon Campbell, who... Uh, is a minister on staff at Agape now, the leader, head minister of the youth and family ministry for many years now. Um, back in the day when we were in classes together, uh, I remember one time saying to him, you know, Leon, some of these guys, uh, uh, these men, he started the men's ministry. When he started the men's ministry a long time ago, I said to him, Leon, I'd like to you to bring up the topic to the men, if you would, please. I said, some of these men, I, I get that we're a hugging community. I'm all for hugging. But some of these men, the way they're hugging me is not appropriate. And they want to hug me so much, it's not appropriate. And I don't appreciate it at all. And I don't need to hug everybody. And I don't need to hug everybody like they're my lost best friend. And um, and uh, I said, so I, I would love it if you talked to the men about that. And he said, well, I'll talk to the men about that. Will you talk to the women about it too? Because some of these women, I'm so tired of them hugging on me and hugging on me. Because, you know, gee, I'm not just here to have everybody hugging on me. <laughs> I said, and then I realized, here he is, he's this drop-dead gorgeous, huge, beautiful man. And um, and I realized, oh, yeah, he's getting the same thing that I'm getting. And it's like, yeah, it's not appropriate, people. Calm down. <laughs> anyway, but it was so, I was so glad that we talked about it, you know. And uh, so anyway. stuff goes on mm. all right well i'm sure we're over time yes way over time and uh one more thing uh i heard the conversation about uh, pdfs and the uh evaluations and one thing is i know in my word program i can go to print something and one of the print options is to make a pdf also um i'm uh, would like I'm endorsing that Dropbox idea, and so uh, it's pretty simple to create a Dropbox account for free, and then you can upload all of them in there, 
And uh, if you like, feel free to also uh, please, or I, I appreciate sending me an email. You can just say I uploaded 10 more sessions to my Dropbox. And that might be easier for everybody. And then you have got, you've got a place to store them all. And you don't have to store them on their, your computer, although they don't take up a lot of room. And um, uh, you don't have to worry about attaching them to emails and things like that. But we still have the option to attach, right, Jennifer? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Because my Dropbox, just, my, my space is full. Mm. And if I want more, they're saying, telling me I need to buy. Right. I understand. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pray us out then. Let's take this breath of love and gratitude. <clears throat> so grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of love even more. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to the power of love in every client, in every connection, and opening ourselves to greater levels of intimacy with spirit and knowing each other as spirit, living in spirit. We are grateful, we are thankful to allow ourselves the freedom to be authentic and transparent. So grateful and so thankful to claim our healing, to claim our expansion and our awakening. We're grateful and thankful for the healing that is happening, and it is happening now. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you all so much. Thanks for joining me today. And... I look forward to when we next meet. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you.